0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the god Center Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you don't mom alone. You are listening to week six of the Summer of Mentorship. This week I'm featuring Jen Wilkin. To say, oh, only the husband is supposed
1: to handle the instruction of the children in spiritual matters, or his voice. Boy- needs to be the loudest voice. I think that when we narrow it to like this specific role instead of, is he modeling godliness on a daily basis in the home? Uh, that That is a beautiful thing. Even if he never, ever leads family devotional, if he is living a life of godliness and demonstrating that he loves the Lord, then why would we lay guilt on him because his personality or his gifting haven't placed him in that one specific role in the home? But it is important for someone who, like me, never runs out of words to say, have I prevented him from opening up and joining the conversation just by the sheer force of my words.
0: This week's guest, Jen Wilkin, is the author of the book, None Like Him and Women of the Word, How to Study the Bible with Both Our Hearts and Our Minds. She writes over at the Gospel Coalition and Desiring God. And today, she and I are answering some questions that I've had. Uh, One of those questions is, what do you do if your husband is not the spiritual leader? Or what if you are a single mom or a functionally single mom, your husband is not a believer? How do you handle that role of being a spiritual leader in your family? We also talk about what if you hold some kind of leadership position in your church, in your community, how to manage that well and Jen shares some really good wisdom and mentoring about how you approach God's word and looking more at who God is than navel-gazing, and I think her newest book reflects that. Definitely check out the show notes so you can see what Jen's been up to since this episode first aired two years ago. Before we get to that conversation, there is something near and dear to my heart that I want to share with you. It's coming up, and I don't want you to miss it. It is called the Declare Conference, and it's happening here in Irving, Texas, October 4th through 6 and why I care about it so much is before I launched this podcast um over 5 years ago I used to help host the conference and even helped with this name that they now are going by and I just love it I love the women that are running it their hearts are pure gold and their desire is to gather women together to know God and to make him known and to be equipped to accomplish the things that God's asked them to do and their theme this year is warrior they are it's just a beautiful place if you or an online influencer, a blogger, a writer, a speaker, a podcaster, you love Jesus, come meet your people. That is the biggest benefit. You are going to find a network of women who love Jesus like you do and who want to communicate about him. And you're going to be equipped. There'll be sessions on podcasting and SEO and social media, and you'll also get to worship together. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Find out more over at GodCenterMom.com forward slash Declare, and let me know if you're coming tag me on Instagram or Facebook, and I would love to meet you there. I'll be teaching on how to launch a podcast, and I'm hoping I get to see you. So go to GodCenterMom.com forward slash declare to get more information. All right, let's get to my chat with Jen. Here we go. Hey, Jen. Welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me on. I have gotten so many emails. <laughs> from people saying hey will you have jen wilkin on your show i'd really love to hear from jen hey we have jen jen wilkin <laughs> women of the word i'm like okay guys i'm gonna try my best so thank you thank you for appeasing everyone that's just on my case about oh it. no it's my privilege to come on thanks for having me okay what i like when guests come on i like for them to introduce their family so would you do that real quick for us just tell us sure about your your peeps Okay, so I'm married to Jeff, and in
1: fact, we just celebrated our 23rd anniversary, Congratulations. so that's going pretty well so far, <laughs> and uh, we have four children. Matt is 20, Mary-Kate is 19, Claire is 18, and Calvin is 16. So right. I just graduated the third one in three years, and uh, that's been brutal. And so we'll have uh, Calvin, the baby, will be at home with us for two years by himself, which he thinks is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you feel about clingy, needy mom who hovers around you all the time? Who's
0: not ready for this to be done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. in Like, when you say it as 2019, 18, like, but one, two, three, I mean, they were... Yeah, I had, yeah, we had, there's exactly four
1: years between my oldest and my youngest. Oh, my stars. Okay.
0: Yeah. So yeah, pretty close in age. So how did you deal with that? Like how, how are you as a young mom with that? Like, was that your dream?
1: I don't remember a lot of it.
0: Uh, We, you know, we were like, oh, the Lord will give us children wherever he wants
1: us to have them and man alive, you know, and what a, what a great problem to have. You know, I know so many people who have, who've battled infertility, so I never want to take lightly what a gift it was that Mm -hmm. we were given children just so, so close together. And it definitely did change our family dynamic um, from what, you know, I hear other people talk about in their homes. I think you just, you have to get organized and have a plan way quicker when, when you've got all those tiny people staring at you. So we, um, yeah, we were definitely, the way we, the way we parented was definitely impacted as is everyone's um, parenting philosophy and practice. You kind of have to get just by their ages. Yeah. You have to get like, okay,
0: we're now a family officially. Yeah. How do we decide yeah. to discipline? How do we decide we're going to do this thing?
1: Yeah. What are we going to do about activities? You know, because yeah. if they're all a peer group and they all want to have two activities. Please.
0: Yeah. Not going to work. Yeah. Not going to work. Yeah. Okay. So now you are writing books, leading Bible studies, speaking. Um, when did you start doing that? Like, have you... Always had a passion for God's word or did the four kids force you <laughs> I <didn't kill> it. <laughs> into like well force you to be like, I need the Lord. I cannot do this.
1: Well, yeah, that for sure. So my first exposure to women's Bible study was after Matt was born, after my first child was born. And they started a summer Bible study at the church I was at. We were living in Houston at the time. Mm-hmm. And a friend invited me to go and I basically was just looking for a reason to get dressed and put on makeup, right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it provided that for me. And then I got there And, uh, and loved just, I loved gathering with just women. That was a new thing for me. Uh, and then, uh, loved getting to learn the scriptures in groups of just women. So that was my first exposure to it. And then realizing, you know, once you've had that first child, you're just keenly aware of your limitations. Mm -hmm. And so I think the timing was perfect for me to really see a direct connection between, placing myself under the instruction of the word and real tangible changes in the way that I was a wife and a mother and a, and a daughter and a sister, all of those primary relationships were impacted.
0: And for the young moms out there who have the four kids and they're trying to do the Bible study thing, do you have any, like what works worked for you in those years to make studying God's word a priority? Well, I need, I need
1: accountability and I need structure. Mm. And I think you especially need that when you're a young mom, right? Because you're getting pulled toward whatever is urgent or you're basically trying to keep people alive all day long. (laughs) 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 And, uh, and so I needed accountability and structure and an organized women's study provided that for me. If I had just been left to my own sort of, Oh, I'll probably have a quiet time or, Oh, I really want to learn the book of Romans. It never would have happened. Mm. And, uh, the church I was at at the time provided that for their women they had child care and they had uh, different levels of commitment in the studies that they provided and so it was it was a natural thing for me to step into and I was, I'm just grateful for that and it has shaped a lot of my thinking around just women's ministry in general and what's the role of the local church in resourcing and and helping uh, women.
0: That is a really good topic in itself right there. Yeah. (laughs) We can talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as a family, so you're doing that, you're going to this Bible study and you're uh, having it, you know, the accountability and the structure provided by your church. How did you, did you then have your kids learn about God just by your modeling or did you guys have a structured way that you talked to your kids about? God's word or how did that look in your family?
1: Well, it was a little of both and a lot of it depended on their ages. So, you know, before anybody's reading, you're Mm -hmm. you're basically the way that the I describe it, Jeff and I were just talking about this with a group of parents this weekend. When the children are very small, you have a high frequency of touch points, but they don't last for very long, right? So that means like Mm at bedtime, you're going to pray and um, it, it starts with them repeating a prayer and then it moves to where they're sharing things they would like to pray about and then it moves from there. You know, you're progressing it sort of that way as they get older. But then as the kids grow up, the frequency of times that you might sit down as a family is going to decrease because they're going to have schoolwork, they're going to have activities. And so rather than having something that happens every night, it might be that happens two or three nights a week. And then eventually it might just be one night a week as they hit middle school and high school. But what you're able to accomplish in those less frequent times is, is much deeper and fuller and perhaps even more structured. And then on top of that, though you may only be having one time a week where you're sitting down and having a quote family Devo together if you have developed sort of a climate of conversation in your home where everything is on the table to discuss, then even though you have this one organized time a week, you're having many small conversations throughout the week that are occurring organically. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of actually getting the kids to value Bible study In our home, it ended up being more of a modeling thing because that's what I do, right? Right, I mean, I sit and and so they would see me. But at one point, Jeff realized that the time he was doing that was happening when the kids were already in bed or Mm -hmm. hadn't woken up yet. So he intentionally moved his time to a time when they would see him. Mm -hmm. Um, But for us, at least, this is just kind of the personality of our home we, we didn't want to say, you need to have a quiet time or you need to memorize scripture. We wanted that to happen organically as much as possible. So we never insisted on that or structured it, but they did eventually take it on as they matured.
0: Yeah, there's a great book, um, Revolutionary Parenting, that I've mentioned before. It's like a Barna Group study um, where they looked at adult ch- children who are now adults who mm-hmm. grew up in Christian homes and have taken on the faith as their own, and, like, Mm -hmm. then reflected back, like, what did your parents do? What was your family life like? And a lot of it was modeling or, you know, when things would happen, they would stop to pray. Yeah. Um, And unless like, the sitting around the table, devos every night kind of thing. Uh, And you mentioned your husband modeling, you know, doing his, having his quiet time. For the the gal who's listening, and maybe she's a single mom, maybe Mm -hmm. she's, I I read an article you wrote, so these are the three... (laughs) Women. Okay. I'm thinking of the single mom who doesn't have, you know, there's, there is not a man in the home modeling that, or the woman who is married to an unbeliever, or the woman whose husband has not taken on that role of kind of leading and modeling. What tips do you have for her as uh, she, as she guides her children's faith?
1: Yeah, uh, do the good work you know yeah. get get in there
0: and don't
1: don't allow your children to to pay the price for what's lacking in your home i mean you need to step forward and fill in that space and and if you do if you are married to a believer and he just for whatever it may be that that's not his gifting and he has delegated that to you that's great i mean that's mm-hmm. what that's what good leaders do they leverage the strengths of people who are in the home for the benefit of the whole family and so um, you know, even Jeff and I, in the way that we interacted with our kids around the scriptures, it's going to look differently because I'm a Bible teacher, right? Right. And so there's going to be something I'm going to bring to Family Devo, and then he's going to bring something different. So a lot of times, the women who are married to believing husbands have a very narrow definition of what it means for him to be the spiritual leader of the home. And it may be that that's the thing that the Lord has given for them to take on, is is talking to their kids about the scriptures, and that their husband is going to be taking on a different part of that
0: process. What are some different things you've seen men do, so that we can kind of broaden that expectation for Christian women? I mean, maybe he's just making sure
1: that it happens on a regular basis and he's opening in prayer. And in our case, actually, what I needed for Jeff to do was tone me down, right? Because I'm like, hey, kids, <laughs> let's look up words in the dictionary, paraphrase. And he was like, hey. What's the Greek for this? Yeah. And he's like, hey, listen, what if they just brought two questions and two observations and we talked about that? And I'm like, mm-hmm that's lame. Oh, wait, that's awesome. You know I mean? It was really, it was exactly what they needed. So it should be a partnership. I I often wonder why our our views of what the Christian home should look like so rarely reflect a partnership in which both members of the marriage are leveraging their strengths. But Mm. um, so that, you know, that's what it looked like in our home. But there are many women who are either single moms or functionally single moms, and so those, on those women, I would say it's incumbent on you to, to, to take this and do this for your children and also to remember that, that the reason that the church is characterized as a family, right, that we're the family of God, is because it becomes a surrogate family for us and, and, and fills in the gaps where our natural families don't, don't do what we might hope they would do. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up with a single mom. Mm, tell me about that. And my mom did the good work. Yeah, She, she, she kept taking us to church and, and we had the conversations and all
0: of that. And, um, and you know, ne- did I- you never, fe- did you ever feel like a lacking, I mean, I'm just trying to give encouragement to that single mom who has that, that guilt. Well, if my children only had this, then this would happen. Like to hear a testimony of a grown woman who is now a Bible mm-hmm. study teacher,
1: mm-hmm. whose
0: mom was a single mom, like those things, like you just mentioned going taking you to church talking about God and, and your as you go along the way kind of thing. What other things yeah. did you do or that impacted you?
1: Well I do think it's hard. I mean it is harder for the single mom and that's unfortunate because the church should be a place that is making it easier for her. But oftentimes the church isn't really sure what to do with single moms or with women who attend church without their spouses. And so it will, it will be an uphill battle, but I think what, what ends up happening to the single mom or the functionally single mom is that she carries around a, a stigma or a sense that there is this dark cloud that will follow her because she doesn't have the perfect nuclear family. And, and, and I think that's not, that's not true. Grace abounds where it needs to abound. And so live under that expectation and promise and, and ask the Lord for help. And he meets, us, he meets us in our need.
0: How does your mom feel now? That is she does she comment on you with doing these Bible studies like
1: Yeah, I mean I think for her it feels like um you know it was definitely hard, but she's thankful that she can look back and you know, she'll say things to me like, I prayed that for you, I Aww. prayed that for you. And so what a great feel. You know, I hope as a parent when my kids are grown that I can look back and trace the faithfulness of the Lord like that. I know that I'll be able to, I just am not always sure how yet at this point. But uh it's you know, you single parents carry around so much baggage, either that we've loaded onto them or just because they've had trouble, um, you know, living out the forgiveness that's theirs in Christ. And and I just, I don't want the church to be a place that makes that worse for them. I want it to be a place that, that circles around them and says, we will be the
0: family that you need so that your family feels whole. And I love what you said that she prayed that for you because often we think that's the last resort. Yeah. Well, we've done everything else. We might as well pray. It's like, it's like the throwaway at the end of every chapter in a Bible study or whatever. Well, let's pray now. That's one of my favorite things about my
1: mom. And even my kids have remarked on it. They say, Mom, when Grandma says she'll pray for you, she really means it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess you would hope everyone would uh, You would hope. say that. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And to recognize that that, that, that was not a small thing. That as no. a single mom, whether it's functionally or your husband hasn't, you—that you, that is one of the things. It's not all speaking to your children about God, but speaking to God about your children.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That that those prayers move. That in Revelation we hear they're incense, right? They're a, they're a tangible thing mm-hmm. to God, and uh, to not underestimate that that's did she have like a system Do you've ever found journals that she wrote prayers in or no she's not a
1: she's not a journaler but she's really good at reciting the faithfulness of the lord you know of saying oh remember when this happened and we prayed and you know i mean she she's that person she's she's good at
0: memorializing things like that that's awesome that's awesome okay so any other tips for when dad so we need to step up we need to do our part that we can't use that as an excuse
1: yeah well I, yeah I don't think I, I think most people don't use it as an excuse. I think a lot of people feel like they are doing something wrong. A lot of women feel mm. like they're doing something wrong or they're usurping something mm. that belongs uniquely to the husband and it's weird there's developed in Christian subculture this this strange notion that the husband is some sort of high priest in the home, mm. and um that 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 pushes against the idea that we are all co-heirs of grace uh, and that we're all part of a royal priesthood. So does he have a distinct role? Yes, but we need to be careful that we don't turn it into something uh, more than it is.
0: What do you think about, I've seen this, uh, where if if the woman is gifted in that way and if she is stamping up and that is her strength, she gets the idea that perhaps her husband isn't leading because she's fulfilling that. So she needs to pull it back to give him space to step in? What would you well, say to her?
1: I mean, I have, you know, I have, I don't have a small personality. And I don't, <laughs> you know, I like, get that. I get that for I myself. Saying? And yes, yeah. I know
0: it's yeah. hard. Yeah. And
1: yeah. so I do think it is important for someone like me to constantly be asking the question, am I, am I stepping on people, Mm. but that's not just true in my marriage. I mean, that's true in general. And so it's a good exercise for me in any environment to say, am I, am I limiting the contributions of others because I love the sound of my own voice so much? <laughs> and uh, so yeah. that's always valid to consider. Yeah. But um, to say, oh, only the husband is supposed to handle the instruction and, of the children in spiritual matters, or his voice needs to be the loudest voice. I, I think that when we narrow it to the, like the specific role instead of, is he modeling godliness on a daily basis in the home? Mm. Uh, that That is a beautiful thing. Even if he never, ever leads family devotional, if he is living a life of godliness and demonstrating that he loves the Lord, then why would we lay guilt on him? Because his personality or his gifting haven't placed him in that one specific role in the home. Mm. But it is important for someone who, like me, never runs out of words to say, have I prevented him from opening up and joining the conversation just by the sheer force of my words? Yeah.
0: No, I think, I mean, you've given me freedom. Yeah. Just even that statement to, you know, know, I mean, I could talk to you personally for a long time, but like just to, (laughs) like to recognize their own strengths and to have that conversation with your husband, I think is helpful. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, you are really gifted at X, Y, and Z and, and maybe they're just a servant. They have a servant's heart and they model that for your kids and, but it's easier for you to teach. I mean, just to have that conversation, um, like you said, well, not just free the mom, but free the husband, so he doesn't yeah. have that weight of guilt. That like, am I doing it wrong because I'm not leading the family devos every? Right, you know, they might be under condemnation and and not what the freedom God wants for them either. Right. I think that's that's really really good. And you mentioned mm-hmm. <laughs> for the strong woman who uh, is maybe in a church community, faith community who you know tends to like the sound of her own voice. What advice do you have for that woman who's in leadership in her community? Like, what have you found to be helpful as a stronger woman? Any any tips or ideas for that woman? Uh oh, gosh, that yeah. feels like a lot oh, to gosh. step about. <laughs> hmm, how are we going <laughs> to fit all that in there? But you know what I'm saying, like we're leading other women and there's an yeah. expect there is an expectation if you're in a leadership role like you're leading a bible study or just even a small group of women or people start to see you as someone in the church who is pursuing god and and has things to say how do you manage that well
1: well, I think it's really, there are so many yeah. aspects to this. Let me see if I can narrow it down. I think it's really been important to me to remind myself, God cares more about women in the church mm-hmm. than I do. You mm-hmm. know, I need to tell myself that a lot because I can get to a place where I'm like, I'm the only person who cares about this and I need to convince or coerce or whatever it is I need to do. And and I'm never going to be quiet and gentle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can work toward that. but. I, I can still have a quiet and gentle spirit Mm. and and enter into these conversations and and still speak with clarity and still speak with directness. But there's a difference when I go in with a spirit that is is, uh, churned up and warring and has its own agendas that have sort of gotten intermingled with whatever the, the most honorable agenda would be. And so it's just really important to keep going back and evaluating what is my motive in this? And have I lost sight of... Uh, the fact that God cares more about this than I do. Am I am I turning this into my own crusade? Uh, you know, what do I really need to expect here, and and what mm-hmm. what should I be hoping for in my relationship mm-hmm. with my church and with my church leadership? And mm-hmm. I think it's been really hard historically for women to uh, see themselves as coming alongside the broader ministry of the church. Like mm-hmm. they see this need that they want to meet for women. And it's really important for us to always be reminding ourselves in the local church. But how is what we're doing specifically for women, which is really important in my opinion, how is it um, supporting and undergirding the vision of the church at large?
0: Hmm. That's another good reference point for me. Yeah, to keep all that in check when you're going into a meeting or you're...
1: Well, and I also, you know, have had to remember there are no villains. Like, it's not like people wake up in the morning saying, "How can we make it hard for women to to, to minister in the church?" No one's doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, it's really important for me to always remember um, there's a reasonable way to talk about this, uh, or, or there's a reasonable way to pursue this course of action, and, and, and also just to judge the timing because. Um, Sometimes it's just not the right season for something to happen, and maybe down the road it will, or maybe there's a different avenue it's going to happen through, and to trust the Lord, be open-handed, and, and not become discouraged and think, I'm, can, my gifting is sinful, or I was wrong, the Lord doesn't have this for me to do. Mm-hmm. God does not give gifts that are not needful. He only gives what is needful and necessary, Mm. um for the to edify the body, so those gifts do get used. It's just a question of when and where and how, mm. and that's not always immediately clear.
0: I think that's really encouraging to someone out there who's is questioning did i did I hear this right yeah <laughs> was yeah. i supposed wasn't I supposed to do this God I thought that's what you had for me and yeah, I'm hitting a brick wall here, and um it doesn't seem like an option for me at this place and um and to know like you said that it's not it's not going to be wasted and And we're a little bit at a new, I don't know, crossroads with women in general. Oh, absolutely. Everything. Yeah.
1: Isn't it such an interesting time? It is. Like with just even the term women's ministry. It's like
0: everything's kind of
1: on the table for evaluation. And there's this big question mark of what's it going to look like now?
0: Yeah. And I think even our church changed it to ministry to women. Yeah. Which, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay I, I was like okay i mean it's funny church is church is funny in general you know uh, community group small group what uh, are we gonna call it cell group uh, what are we calling yeah. it what comes with baggage which doesn't come with baggage um so you you've been a part of ministries you've led bible studies how do you interact with other women when they're looking to you as if you are more godly than them does that I make tra- sense that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: I try really hard to maintain a sense of, "Hey, I'm a traveling companion here," mm-hmm. uh, and and so one of the ways that I have tried to do that is when I teach, I really try to keep the feel of a dialogue because I believe it is. You know, my 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 the majority of my years of teaching happened in a living room mm-hmm. where there was dialogue, and mm-hmm. I just selfishly didn't want to give that up as the rooms got bigger. And so I do expect that we're having a conversation. I want to maintain that. And so when I give an application point or share a story, I'm probably going to share something that exposes my own sin patterns. Because if you think I'm just delivering a hard word to you from a higher place, why would you, why would you receive that? Um, Mm-hmm. with the same level of, uh, I just think empathy goes a long way toward communicating the truth of the gospel. And, and so I, I try to keep it real as much as possible because I, I don't want to be on anybody's platform. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on anybody's pedestal because you can't,
0: it's not possible to stay there. No, no. And we do it to pastors. We do it. Well, you know, and thankfully ma- male like pastors, how? we do it to yeah. any, any, um, Christian author,
1: and I don't want my kids to hear people talk about me that way. You know, yeah. I just you know they know me. They know all the good stuff and all the bad stuff. And mm-hmm. and so I, I just as as much as possible, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feed that
0: um, yeah. when I'm teaching. There's an element to uh, the experience you've had studying God's word and your draw to it and your desire for other women to study God's word. And I think it goes along a lot with them mission of this podcast of just really getting women in the season of motherhood to be centered on God, not their kids, not their own selfish, you know, like whatever their heart hurts are, but like to really turn their eyes to God. And I know your newest study, none like him, um, it really focuses in on the characteristics of God. And, and you've done so many studies, you know, Sermon on the Mount, first Peter, how, what is, when you talk to women about studying, the word and to be grounded and to not be just led by our feelings, what are some tips you give them for
1: that? Well, I think that the one that we have to start with is that whole, um, recognizing that the book is, is that the Bible is a book about God before Mm. it is a book about us because Mm. we just tend to come and sit in front of it as though, oh my gosh, I have, my house is on fire. I have all these problems, (laughs) fix me, fix me, fix me. And um, the way that the Bible transforms us is by giving us a vision of God high and lifted up. And so we come to it and say, who am I? 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 Mm-hmm. And it's saying who God is so that mm-hmm. we can then see ourselves in, in relation to that. And and so uh, in, in, the, in the newest book, I talk about how our, our primary problem is not that we lack self-worth. It's that we lack awe. We, mm-hmm. um, we, we lack self forgetfulness. We, we are consumed with uh, navel-gazing so often. And, you know, like, what do I need to do to fix myself? Mm-hmm. And if we would step back and realize that God is transcendent uh, and then recognize—because I can, I can tell you all day long that you're a precious daughter of the King. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I don't spend time really charging you to understand the great worth of the King— how can you value your preciousness to him if you haven't valued his preciousness first? and so um especially like you think about young moms, gosh, we're just consumed with the the daily needs of our families, and we feel this guilt because we're like, I think I'm drawing all my identity from being a mom
0: yeah
1: and and how am I supposed to like care less about being a mom because yeah. this is and, and and i I really those kinds of discussions drive me a little bit nuts because i I actually think you should draw your identity from being a mom mm. but but you should do so within the framework of being a child of god right so whatever you do work at it is unto the lord that right. means you don't do motherhood halfway you don't do it thinking oh i shouldn't take i shouldn't place everything into this you would absolutely place everything into it just mm. for different reasons you do it for the glory of god instead of to self actualize through your kids or to feel like you've done a good thing you know so Uh, But in order to do things for the glory of God, we have to understand God as glorious. Mm -hmm. And that happens when we start by looking for what
0: the Bible has to say about Him. Well, just like any art form or any project we do, we can't say, well, it doesn't have to be as good because it's a Christian book. Right. Or it shouldn't be as good because it's a Christian movie. (laughs) Like, what? Like If it is, it should be the absolute best. Yeah. If you are a child of God, then... You should have the most power through the Holy Spirit. You should have the, the most joy, you know, not based yes. on your circumstances. Like, and I, I see what you're saying. Like, as moms, we shouldn't say, well, I shouldn't do this mother. I should care less about mother and be more about God. no you should be doing your motherhood as a service to God in this season. Like you're almost done. You're like, well, not to yeah. put salt on, you know, pour, pour salt yeah. on your wound, for but you're almost done. <laughs> you're all, yeah. Like that you're recognizing it was, it was a portion and not that you're not still a mom, but all that intensity. Yes. It, it, enough moms have told us that it goes by quickly, that yeah, we should kind of that. recognize that it does and to do it with our all in that time.
1: Yeah, but do it again. It's it's not what you're doing; it's why you're doing it yep. that distinguishes you from the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so, why are you a mom? Because God made you a mom. So, why would you now look at the role of motherhood and say, "Oh, I don't want to be too absorbed in that"? Because I'm first and foremost a child of God. Yeah, but why are you drawing a line there? You know, mm-hmm. the Lord has sovereignly directed your steps here, and mm-hmm. so He wants you to labor in this season as unto Him. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, you don't have to diminish your sense of the importance of motherhood. You have to refocus it.
0: Mm, That's good. And in the more time you're, in his word, not just looking for like balm for your weary mom's soul, but really just to learn more about him so that you position yourself correctly. Like humility, like is not a woe is me, but how great is he? Like, yeah, proper perspective of who he is. It allows you to put yourself in the right position, and not in a and and not in a like I'm so terrible, I should just let these kids walk all over me, um kind of place. Yeah.
1: Well, and I you know unfortunately a lot of young moms because they they feel like they're treading water and they haven't mm-hmm. found some structure and accountability to help mm-hmm. them be in the word in any kind of methodical way. They're relying on the Instagram Bible to get them through the day, right? So yeah. it's whatever somebody posted in hand lettered script is what they're going to take and hang on to. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of those things, they're beautiful statements, but they're a partial revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they only um, show us things that make us feel a certain way. And, and so, you know, no one is ever going to Instagram the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and yeah. so we just have to, but that's a really important uh, focal point for us that helps us
0: understand God is transcendent. Uh, and, and so tell us transcendent if we're going to take a second. Uh, <laughs> As we end this whole, <laughs> like, like let's sure. focus to give yeah. them. A, I mean, this day they've taken time to listen to this podcast, and like, so let's let's help them point their eyes. What could they focus in on, knowing that God is transcendent? So. um
1: for example, I mean, probably a a classic example would be Psalm 139, 14. um, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That one shows up on Instagram a lot, right? Right. Mm -hmm. We tell ourselves, see, I should try. I should, I should treasure myself more. I shouldn't worry so much about baby fat that I haven't been able to lose or that, you know, I'm getting older in my face. I'm not as cute as I used to be, whatever, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And and that's to miss the point. We wonder then why two days later we feel bad about ourselves again because didn't we apply the truth of God's word? But, but the thing is, the emphasis of that whole psalm is not on me fearfully and wonderfully made. It's on God fearful and wonderful. Mm. And the whole psalm, the whole beginning portion of the psalm is talking about how God is omniscient and omnipotent and eternal and self-existent and self-sufficient and all of these beautiful truths about Him, which once I see that about Him, then I realize, oh my gosh, the fact that He even thinks of me at all. Mm is a magnitude of grace I haven't begun to even plumb the depths of. Mm. And so then it becomes, you know, well, how should I live in light of that? Okay, well, I'm not as big a deal as I thought I was before I read this psalm. And there's Mm. a lot of joy in recognizing God made me small for a purpose, but He also gave me important things to accomplish, and He gave me the right number of days to do them. And so it just changes from, rather than just looking to feel good about myself, I'm I'm looking to understand myself in the bigger picture of who God is and and, and His
0: his plan. Through worship, you gain the identity and the confidence. Right. But not looking for the confidence and the identity first. Right. That's very, very good. But the word "transcendent." Oh yeah, yeah. How would you define it?
1: Uh, it means that God is um, above all of His creation. So, like, mm. He's not. Uh, uh, one of the comparisons that people will use is a human being transcends a grasshopper, right? But you could measure the ways that a human being transcends a grasshopper, like you could measure IQ or you could measure size or all those kinds of things. But God transcends His creation infinitely. He is infinitely greater than anything that is made. And so when we talk about his attributes and the things that are true about him, they are always true about him infinitely more so than they could be true about us. Hmm. Uh, and so he's just, there's, there's, we don't know anything like him or anyone like him. Fabulous.
0: See that nugget right there was where that mom just listening in. <laughs> See? So do you Instagram these things? Uh, you know, when are you going to start uh, doing that, Jen? I mean, some. I mean,
1: like the publisher gives me things that they thought were Instagram worthy <laughs> from my book. So sometimes <laughs> I throw those out there. I'm not so good with the Instagrams. I'm yeah. always taking pictures of my dogs. So that's about as excited <laughs> as I get. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's cool. really wise. And I think that you're leading the pack on this reshaping of ministry to women. And, um helping us really be grounded in knowing our bible not just the feel good verses um it always is interesting to me like some of the ones you see quoted and if you really knew the context it's like 70 years of exile right <laughs> Before i know the plans i have for you it's like okay well did you really know that that meant um so i think that context is huge and and just pushing women to say you know you can you can do this to a depth that is actually more grounding and more lasting and like infiltrates your, your heart eyes right to see every situation, not just to see that one thing that, that gives you a lift for a tiny bit.
1: Yeah. There is lasting comfort to be derived from the scriptures, but it requires taking a long-term view and, and chipping away, you know, just like any other good endeavor. Uh, any skill we've ever learned, anything we've ever tried to gain mastery over, we start not being very good at it, and we keep going back again and again and again. And over time, we develop more of a proficiency and more of an understanding, and our love grows as as our um, as our exposure to it grows as well. And that's exactly what's true of the scriptures and the revelation of the character of God.
0: You're great. I think you're just great. There, I just solved all your problems. All of them? Done. Mm -hmm. Check, 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 check. We hit almost every topic I want to talk (laughs) about. And y'all, I will put all the links to Jen's work, her books, and I mean, there's a lot you could follow, Jen. I think uh, the Village Church publishes your Bible studies. Don't you have your own podcast? kind of? Uh, it's not actually
1: through the Village. It's um, I've actually been parachurch for the last four and a half years. It's Flower Mound Women's Bible Study.
0: Fabulous.
1: Yeah. Okay. all right. And, uh, but then moving forward, actually, for anyone who's interested, I will be teaching at the Village from now on. And so it's not this fall, but after this fall, you'll start to see resources appear on the Village Church website.
0: Very cool. So yeah. if you all are living, I mean, I know ladies listen to this that are in... Guatemala and I mean, India, really big in India. So, if y'all are looking for a resource to get in God's Word and be taught by someone who is really seeking to know God and to make Him known, then follow Jen. And for all of you who may be the spiritual leaders in your home, I hope that you were encouraged and given a piece that that is your gifting and God has not made a mistake when He's placed you there in that position. Um, And it's super exciting. I love everything you said. So thank you, Jen, for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's fun. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Jen. Bye. Bye. So many good things. Jen, I mean, debunking the myths. I hope that. All of her thoughts helped you free your husbands from any expectations you had of them being spiritual leaders or any lies you had that you could not lead your own children spiritually if you're a single mom or a functionally single mom. I pray that you can embrace your gift, whatever that is. I love Jen's example of her uh, mom who was a single mom using her gift of fervent prayer and how God blessed that in their lives. I also loved her description of children's developmental stages and Uh, the time that we get with them and how that varies from age to age, and so many great thoughts about being a leader in the church or among your community that as leaders we should embrace humility, and then, you know, also as those who follow leaders, to not idolize those in leadership, but to learn from them. And then this whole conversation that Jen started about looking to God first, uh, how there's a lot of Christian cute Instagram saying how you're the daughter of the king or talking about your worth and your identity, but her saying that we need to look to God first and know who he is before we can then take that label and before that label actually means something. And I just wanted to make sure and clarify that I believe she's talking about sound theology that is important to know the features of who God is and that the bigness and the transcendence of who God is helps us understand how amazing it is that He would care for us, that He would love us, that He would label us. But I also know that um, that's your mind, that's engaging your mind and knowing about God. He also longs to engage our hearts. And that, from what I've found, a lot of times brokenness and uh, shame and guilt can keep us from even approaching God, if we only look at his holiness and only look at his bigness. And so sometimes I think those conferences or those messages are trying to woo, uh, the woman who doesn't feel like she's good enough to even approach a big God. She's already got a big God in her mind. And, um, just like my kids, I don't think that they need to know that I have a master's in speech language pathology or that I'm, uh, do a podcast or that, uh, anything about me that makes me their mom to understand that I love them. I don't think, I think that they feel that love and that the intimacy in the relationship we have is time that I spend with them and, and how I approach them and, and the words I speak over them. And then I think as they get older and as they grasp a little bit more about, um, that, that, that love I made was a choice and that not everyone gets to experience that love, that then they'll, they'll get to know more about me and who I am. And, and that has more power to it. So if you're newer in your faith, um, I would say, you know, one, do you feel that love from God? And, and have you considered that only the creator gets to tell you who you are, your past circumstances, your wrong choices, those don't get to define you. Only your creator gets to define you. And I want you to be able to clear anything that's distancing yourself from intimacy with him. And my my guest next week, we're going to talk more about that. I think that's a really important piece. And I also believe it's really important to do studies about who God is and to recognize there's none like him. And it's a good thing that we're nothing like him and that, that God would choose to love a people like us. So like everything, I think it's a balance. Um, I do. I love that Jen wrote that book. I love that she's pointing that out. But I also don't want it to keep you from um, experiencing that intimacy and that relationship with God. One last thing. All right, this was our sixth week of the Summer of Mentorship. Next week, I am taking a week off because I am getting everything set in place. Drumroll, please. For the new site. You are going to need to keep yourself on the lookout for a new logo, a new site. Content is exactly the same. Nothing changes in your earbuds besides the title and how things look and some functioning to make it more functional for you. Uh, The new podcast will be called Don't Mom Alone. And our goals in that are, one, uh, it resonates still with the God-Centered Mom Ideal And yet it is more accessible if you are wanting to share this with any friend, um, whether they know God already or not, whether that is their bent, that we can make this community be a place that is inclusive. And um, I've always struggled with the God-centered mom thing being too heavy a burden when someone initially sees the words that it is like, oh, my goodness, I am not up for the task, even though the whole point of it is. Of course we're not. It's all about God fulfilling it through us. So anyhow, uh, I've been working hard for like two years. I've been working on this and finally um, it's coming together. And so if it doesn't launch, oh, well, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be. But my goal is to have it up and running for um, our first episode of that season in August 6th. I will have new content. I have so many beautiful interviews that are going to be ready for you this fall. Um, and I know, August, you still probably have kids home, but um, we're we're going to get started and we're going to do some cool things and I will see you there. So just pray that what God wants to do will happen and for me to keep my eyes focused on him and his work and not on silly things like picking colors for a site, which can really throw you for a loop if you're not a designer type. Uh, All right. I think y'all are amazing. Thank you for tuning in to this Summer of Mentorship series. Um, for those of you running podcast clubs, thank you for being faithful. I hope you all found where those questions were. If you're curious about what a podcast club is, go to GodCenteredMom.com forward slash podcast club and you can find discussion questions for each of the episodes of the Summer of Mentorship. All right. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the god Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with He, go to GodCenterMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17... The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.